What God has blessed us with at Jubilee over the past 20 years has been amazing, from ministry to the poor, to refugees, the brokenhearted, signs and wonders, uh, freedom from many different things, from addiction, and quite a lot of other things. This is all part of our DNA. This is who we are. And guess what? It's continuing. We're not just a bunch of people who come together and, Paul, again, use the terminology, happy clappy. We're not just that. We're not, we don't get together sitting passively thinking what's next and whether we could be bothered to change it or not. We know that God is at work and He has great things for us. He has a vision for us. He's given us words. He has promises for us and He's going to fulfill them. We need to stay faithful. We need to keep our focus and gaze on Him. And we're going to continue on that note. Um, our series on Isaiah 61 the very passage that's really influenced and shaped who we are. In fact, our vision, the four R's, um, come from this passage. And I think if Jesus had an email address, it would have been Isaiah 61 at IamTheMessiah.God. So this is really fundamental to who we are. So if you've got a Bible, please turn to Isaiah 61. We're going to be reading the first three verses of it. And we're going to be looking at different people group in that passage as we've uh, looked at over the past few weeks and this week is the brokenhearted. So let's read that. Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 3. If you haven't got a Bible, it'll be projected on the screen. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. These are the very words that Jesus read himself in Luke chapter 4. We'll get to that. If you read the book of Isaiah and if you know his life, then you don't really want to be a prophet. It's not really encouraging if you want to be one and if you're seeking the gift to be reading it thinking, I'm going to be like that. It's also interesting that the Gospels have quoted from Isaiah more than any other Old Testament prophet in the New Testament in here. As we read the book of Isaiah, we come across a theme, the servant king, and the anointed one. But here in this passage, it's first person singular. It's talking about one person. A person is talking, saying, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do. And we all know for a fact that it's not Isaiah himself who's talking in here. Isaiah is not claiming to be this person. It's the Messiah. The Messiah who says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to do these things. And today we're going to be looking at the heartbrokens and the way, the way that he's going to mend them. The term broken heart is so, used, um, it's so widely used in our society nowadays, it kind of looks romantic and feels romantic to have your heart broken, really. Particularly in teenage years with lots of cheesy songs about broken hearts. Sometimes people really want to try that and feel and, so that they can identify with a particular song. The first time I heard the, the song, Unbreak My Heart, I was thinking, is unbreak even an English word? But then I thought, mm, it's a song. So, Oxford Dictionary says, 
brokenhearted is suffering from overwhelming distress. But let's look at what the Bible says about it. But before we look at a broken heart, let's look at the word heart in the Bible because that is fundamental to how we understand it. In Hebrew, again, just like every other culture, people had a particular understanding of heart. In Hebrew, the word heart is lev. Different cultures throughout history had different understandings of how the human body worked. But something that was in common with the Hebrews as well was that they believed that the heart was an organ in the body. And there's actually a mention of a heart, um, heart attack in the Bible in 1 Samuel. So, so far, the Hebrews thought the same way as other people around them. That heart is an organ, it's flesh, and it does something to keep you alive. And if it doesn't work, then you suddenly pass out. So far, so good, because we like it when people think the same way as us, don't we? It's really good when you have people same-minded. Well, you're in for a treat if you're that way, because the rest of it is different. They also thought that heart is the generator of physical life. They thought that the heart is where you have your intellectual ability. The heart is where you have emotional activity. The heart is where you make choices. Again, as Paul brought a verse from Proverbs, it talks about heart in a way where that is where you make choices. That's where you have emotions. That's where you have your intellectual ability. So that is what makes them really, really different from the other cultures around them. For example, Hebrews believed that you know with your heart, that you understand with your heart. Wisdom, in the book of Proverbs, dwells in your heart. Emotions, pain, happiness, joy, they're in heart. They're in your heart. Fear and distress, they all come from your heart. Again, keep your heart with all vigilance, the writer of Proverbs said. For from it flows the spring of life. Life comes from your heart. And that's how the Hebrews understood it. There's also quite a lot of other things that the Bible says about the heart. And that's where it gets interesting. In Genesis, we read that the Lord saw the wickedness of the heart of human beings. And it's only in chapter 6. The very first book in the Bible, six chapters in, and God says the heart of human being is wicked. Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful. This is the prophet who was weeping because he could see into the heart of the people. He says the heart is deceitful. The broken heart of all of us, of human beings, is as a result of what happened in the book of Genesis. It's as a result of the fall. It's because the sin entered the world. God didn't intend for heart, for love, for the center of our emotions, to be broken but it did happen there are many here today who have a broken heart if you feel that your heart has never been broken in your life then maybe you should look back at your life again it's nothing to be ashamed of but broken hearts come and fill the church the chairs of many churches every Sunday but it's nothing to be ashamed of There's no particular description of a broken heart in the Bible. But what's important is that Christ himself says, I have been anointed to bind the brokenhearted. This is our God. He says, I have come to bind it up for you. What do you have to do? Not quite a lot of work. 
just trusting in Him. A broken heart may be a couple who've lost a child. A broken heart may be a child who learns that a loved one is terminally ill. A broken heart may be somebody who doesn't know when they'll get to see their loved one or whether they will ever do that. Broken heart could be a lot of other things. There's quite a lot of examples. Maybe you have a lot of examples in your life. Maybe you feel that, yes, I've had my enough fair share and more than enough. But we know that when trouble gets into our heart, everything else is so much more difficult. When our hearts are broken, every other problem is magnified. Every other problem is bigger than it usually is. But here's the comfort. God himself is an expert in having his heart broken. He's an expert in it. He knows what it feels like. His heart was broken by the very people he tried to help. The people he saved from slavery broke his heart because they wanted to go back in bondage. The people he saved, the people who remembered, forgot about him. The people he gave his law to and trusted them betrayed him. And God at times feels really, really passionate about this, feels so strongly about this, that says, what you have done towards me is like adultery. It's like you've betrayed me. You've gone after other gods. My heart's broken. And the other remedy is that God himself, who's brokenhearted, is also the remedy and the healer of a broken heart. In Ezekiel, we read that God says, I will give you a new heart because that's how we can become a new creation. It's not just by washing it. God needs to transform it and make it into a new thing. In Deuteronomy, Moses says that God himself will write his law on your heart. He also says that your hearts need to be circumcised. I know that it's really, really difficult, particularly for people from this part of the world to understand that. What do you mean circumcision of heart? It's about transforming it. It's about it becoming new. And if you're brokenhearted today, no matter what, for whatever reason, know this, God hasn't forgotten you. Because when your heart's broken, the first thing that you can actually try and do is to blame others and say, first of all, it's their fault and everybody's forgotten about me. Particularly if you belong to a church family, it's very easy to blame your family and say, the church have forgotten about me. My heart's broken and nobody has cared about me. My heart's broken, but nobody has ever asked me about it. Know this, the God who actually leads the church, the God who brought the church about, knows about you. And he cares about you. He himself sent his son to die for you and I to be pierced so that we don't have to to die so that we can have life and we can have it in abundance. But the great thing is that his son didn't die and that was it. His son rose again. Our broken-hearted friends here. Suppose that, yeah, everybody's forgotten about you and you're forsaken. God is with you and he will always be with you. Don't think that you're beyond help because nothing is too impossible for our God. Christ doesn't say if your heart's broken in particular ways. There are things I can't really deal with because I'm not trained in yet. It says, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. This is what He declares. And He tells the truth. 
my son thinks that I always tell the truth. Please don't make him change his mind. Don't tell him the truth. But he always says, every time I say something, he knows that I joke a lot, but he also says, Dad, I believe you because you've never lied. And I'm thinking, you're going to be disappointed soon, but hopefully you won't know that because I'll be a really, really good uh, liar so you won't understand the difference between the two. But Jesus never does that. Jesus is not me. So that when my son is 10 or 15 years old, he actually thinks that everything I say is untrue. No matter how long you've known Jesus for, whether you've decided just now to give your life to him or whether you've been walking with him for many, many years in your life, you know that what he says goes and what he says is the absolute truth. Because he never fails in his promises. And he is God. And he goes against his very character to actually tell something that is not true. And sometimes you wish that he would tell you things that are not true. Because what he says sometimes hurts. Because the truth sometimes hurts. There's never been anyone else like Jesus who is the healer of the broken heart. And the remedy is not that he would tell you to go somewhere else. He's not a doctor who would prescribe something and would tell you to start taking it and see the results in seven days or so. Or you'll have to go back for more paracetamol. He's the healer. He touches you and you're whole again. <laughs> have you experienced that? That's what I love about Jubilee. For 20 years we've heard many testimonies of how God has touched a person and they've become whole physically as well as spiritually. They've become whole. Their illnesses have disappeared. We've heard people over the past few years giving testimony about how God has taken away their pain. And you may think, well, I'm sat here and I've been really praying really, really hard for him to come and touch me and heal me and he hasn't. Trust him. We can't bring it about. We can't tell you whether he will do it in this life or not. But we can, what we can say is he's done it many times and if he wants to do it, he will. Seek his will and the rest will come. Seek his kingdom and the rest will be given to you. He is always willing to hear you. So if your heart's broken today, our friends, I'm not really here to ask you what was the reason behind it and try to give you counsel. But we know a counselor who's actually called a wonderful counselor who can help you with that. And we'd love to pray for you and with you. And this healer is the very same Jesus who would listen to you, who would become your friends. As Paul said, when he signed up to Alpha, he was trying to just get it out of the way so he can get on with his life, not knowing that it will change his life forever. And he has, and I can testify to that, because I have learned so much from my friend Paul. My life has been influenced by the way he's lived out the gospel. And if you today sit, sat there thinking, I'm not sure about Alpha, I want to get it out of my way because my friend or my spouse has been really bothering me, then please do it for the sake of getting it out of your way. Once you come in and get to know this Jesus, you know that that was the best decision you've made. And friends, this healer builds his church. This healer, Jesus, the anointed one, the servant king, has been doing that throughout history and in our case for the past 20 years. And he's been doing that through you and I, through declaring the good news to the poor, 
through showing us his heart that is broken for the poor out there, that is broken because of poverty out there, but more than anything, because of the darkness that is out there. And if your heart's not broken by seeing that, then you really need to go and become more intimate with Jesus, as Raj said this morning. Look at his heart and see what breaks his heart. For your neighborhoods, just round here, and for the nations. He's been working through us with everything that we've offered him. It's all his anyway, but we have the choice of bringing it to him and say, use it. From our time to our finances. In fact, we have a gift day coming up soon. And I'm really, really excited about it. Because that is part of our worship and that is part of our offering of what we give him. And it's a great symbol of who we are. For the past few years, every time you've done that, God has surprised us. Every time you've had that, God has come and performed miracles. And you know the fact that we're here today in itself is a miracle. With the gift day coming up, I want to encourage you to really seek God and see where He directs you. The culture I come from, I should be really apologetic to talk about a gift day and to talk about finance. But I'm not, because the healer has healed me from that. Because he has delivered me from what the world and my culture says is wrong. But rather, he's taught me, do what I tell you is right. He's taught me that the kingdom is different. That his kingdom is different from every other kingdom. In his kingdom, the king came to serve the people. We've never heard of such a king anywhere else. Do you know this king? With the gift day coming up, pray about it. Seek his will and ask him, what is it you want me to give? And whatever he tells you, do that in faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. Do it in faith, knowing that what you're doing is bringing to Jesus what he gave you in the first place. And saying, here's what you gave me and here's what I'm going to do for your kingdom so that you can be glorified in here, in Teesside, and in the nations. Friends, if you're brokenhearted today, I'm not saying forget about it and don't be realistic. But don't focus on your heart that is broken. Focus on the heart of God that is reflecting the reality of who you are. We were singing about the child of God. I love it when I ask my son, my eldest, is, who are you? He says, a child of God. And then I ask him, who are you? He says, a son. He never fails. It's not something that he's learnt to say just in his mind. It's in his heart. Lev. That's where he's learnt it from. His emotions come from there. Do you know this God? Do you know you're a child of God? We were singing this morning. Do you really know you're a child, no matter how old you are? Are you a child of this great anointed servant king? If you are, even if your heart's broken, you know where to go. But some of you may like to be prayed for this morning, and we'd love to do that for you. If that's you, can I ask the ministry team right now to go on the sides, please? If you're in the ministry team, please stand up and go to the sides. Can I ask the band to come up as well, please? Friends, what are you grieving about today? Why is your heart broken this morning? What's weighing on your heart? Whatever it is, whatever the answer is, 
put that to one side for a moment. And let's look at the heart of God and what breaks it. And let's focus on that. So we're going to do two things now. We're going to pray for the lost because that's how God looks at our society today and sees them. Prophet Jeremiah was weeping because of what was going in his society at the time. Are we weeping because of the lost in our doorstep? Because our neighbors who don't know Jesus, because our friends and family who've not really known him, who've not had a chance to hear about him either. So I want to invite you to stand up. Let's stand up together. And firstly, as we sing this song, let's pray for those in our neighborhood, for those who are brokenhearted but haven't really heard about this heart of God who is broken for them but haven't heard about this servant king who can heal them. Haven't heard about this king who died for them. Let's focus on that and let's lift up the whole of Teesside to this marvelous, wonderful king, to this anointed one who declares that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted. And then if you'd like to be prayed for after that, then please do go to the sides and our ministry team would be really happy to pray for you.